What's up, everybody? This is your boy, DJ Ben Amin, and welcome to another episode of Fair and Bros. But before we get into this, you need to go over to the iTunes page, subscribe, hit us on YouTube, subscribe, follow us on Facebook, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, do all that good stuff. Like us on Facebook, like us on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let me try one, let me try one. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. Welcome to another Fan Bros special delivery. This is Chico Leo, and I'm flying high above the night skies in the escape pod with DJ Ben Hameen, Wakanda's favorite DJ, of course. That's right, Wakanda's favorite DJ, and you know the dance parties in Wakanda are unlike any on the planet. Unlike any vibranium, vibranium, get the vibranium party vibrations, yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, hold up, Chico. Before we get into this Game of Thrones and everything else this week, you know, something near and dear to my heart, as everyone who follows me on Instagram, at DJ Ben, I mean, knows the Star Wars trailer. I mean, pretty much everyone in the world, even if you don't follow me, knows the Star Wars trailer dropped this week. The Star Wars trailer did drop this week, uh, The Force I, Awakens. I was speechless for a second there. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, I mean... What were your thoughts, Chico? Because I so I I really liked the teaser that that dropped about four months ago, and there wasn't enough there wasn't a lot in there, but that definitely got me salivating. So, you know, the the trailer opens up with a shot of a desert planet with a crashed um, Imperial Star Destroyer and a oh crashed uh, X Wing fighter. Oh my god! And then it gets into the you know the whole mythology of everything with the voiceover of Luke Skywalker saying you know the Force is you know was in my he actually says my father has it he didn't yes. say you know which I I don't know if that means his father's still alive or you know his father's a ghost like Obi Wan Kenobi but he says my father has it he didn't say my father had it he says I have it my sister has it and you have it. Which, you know, uh, he's probably talking to his kids, but there's a sense that he's talking to the audience. Um, The thing is, also, those lines are taken from Return of the Jedi. So he says those same lines in Return of the Jedi. So, you know, it's one of those things, is he really saying in the past tense? And also... Well, that's true. Is this really Luke speaking, or is this Luke's son saying it? Right. You know, there's a lot of... Well, it sounded like Mark Hamill to me. Definitely did sound like Hamill, but... So we know. got, you know, really good shots of, of Oscar Isaacs flying uh, flying X-Wing fighter, Ooh. John Boyega, and this new woman, uh, female character, sort of scrambling and running around. We got stormtroopers under attack. Um, some new new designs on the slightly different designs on, on stormtroopers. Yep. Um, you know, there's definitely a, a a lot a lot there, and and yet, and then of course, we get the the Millennium Falcon, uh, fighting all over the place, and then the big reveal at the end of the trailer is Harrison Ford and Peter Mayhew as Han Solo and Chewbacca, and Han Solo says, you know, Chewie, I think we're home, um, and then and then it ends, um, yes. 
So I, I thought they could have added some, some some gray to uh, Chewbacca's fur, but I don't know. No, I don't no, know. no, no. Wookiees live to four hundred years old. Right, I was going to say friend. I don't know about Wookiees aging. Um, four hundred years old. So Han Solo's so going to die, and 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 uh, and, and yeah. Chewbacca's going to be sad, like like a tortoise and, and and a person where the person dies like eighty years before the tor- tortoise. Yeah, it's tight. Um. So yeah, yeah I, I look I. It, it was great. It was extraordinary. I mean, there were shots of the new droid. There were shots of some kind of land speeder that looked like a refrigerator. Um, you know, with the with the with the female uh, character on it. I, I'm, That's I, uh, Jason Solo. That's Han Solo's daughter. Oh, okay. I didn't see. I didn't even see. I didn't know that, and I feel like I don't want to know that. So here's the thing. Yes, I I enjoyed every second of the trailer. I probably watched it ten times since I first saw it. I've only watched it on my big screen TV. I won't even like begin to, you know, watch it on the phone or on a computer. And and yet, so yeah, I love it all. And yet, I definitely feel like, you know, if you're going to eat an amazing meal, like it's spoiling my appetite a little bit as if I was eating a piece of cake or a muffin like an hour before I was going to sit down for the best meal of my life. And I'm sure they're going to have more trailers and I'm sure I'm going to watch them. But I don't I don't want I mean, I can't not watch them, but I would be fine if they didn't release any information like I didn't know that was Han Solo's daughter. And I kind of wish I didn't know that. But, you know, I would if you hadn't said it, I would read that, you know, like yeah, it's well, it's also, hard to I avoid. That's Han Solo's daughter. Don't take my word for it. So right. they've been doing a lot of misdirection with who the characters actually are. Well, so, so- that's still not a hundred percent confirmed, but I also say this, like I read uh return of Jedi, the book before it came out. So it's like, you know, sometimes I don't know. Star Wars is one of those things. I don't even care. Like I've heard the ending is out there on the net. Do not tell me that, but I've heard that the end of the movie has already been revealed. So, you know, it's one of those things you're going to have to deal with this. This is Star Wars. The spoilers are going to be out there. It's, you know, Get ready for them. No, and I, and I know, and and that's the world we live in, and and that's part of the downside of 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 all of this. Of of you know that I mean that you know you can't have good without bad. You know, can't have the light side of the force without the dark side of the force. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's it, look, it's the same thing with the Mad Max. Uh, I watched all three Mad Max trailers, and I think I figured out the plot. You know, of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, and uh, you know, um, there are certain things that I guess, you know, just because, you know, certain things are more ingrained in others. But for the Star Wars thing, I mean, you know, I have to go along with the ride, but I would prefer not knowing anything. Um, but everything that they've shown, obviously, you know, they're treat they're de- they're also demonstrating that they're treating the material correctly unlike in the last three movies it's impossible Ah. to conceive of what we've seen so far ending up with anything as bad as the last three movies and i think the third one is also bad hold on hold on i can remember being just as hyped for the phantom menace trailer like so hyped and lord of mercy we know how that turned out so i'm not gonna give it that just yet but i do i do feel you i don't i think this movie is just in much more capable hands, and you know I don't think it's going down that path at all. The other thing so. is John Williams is actually doing he's doing the music for this, 
but not doing the music for the next two movies. Wow. And I think that's actually a really big deal. That's a, because I think the John Williams music is, you know, half of Everything. Star Wars. Yeah. Yes. The, he even saves Phantom Menace. Like, the, the Duel of the Fates is dope as hell. Like, that's one of the best parts of the movie is the score. Yes. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, we'll see. But... I mean, the other thing is, I like I said, I think these trailers are out there to demonstrate that they're not going to screw up again. But ultimately, do they even need to have trailers? You know what I mean? Like, who's not, you know, like, like is there anyone out there who, who you know, pe- people have already made up their minds. Like, they're either going to see the Star Wars movie or not. Like, they could have released mm. no trailers and, you know. But- yeah, but you got to do, you got, like you said, you got to sh- you got to give people faith. Because right. there's a lot of people who have been turned off. Like me, if they didn't release a trailer, I might think, no way. Well, nah, I need to see something. I needed to see this. So, so interestingly, the trailer, after the trailer dropped, Disney's stock went up $2 billion. Disney paid $4 billion for the whole franchise. Like, how gangster is that? Like, if they just made that trailer, they've already oh, made wow. half their money back. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus. they don't even need to release the. Well, of course, if they didn't release the movie, then their, their stock would go down significantly. But, yeah, yeah their stock went up $2 billion, B, with a B, you know? Like, just from the response to the trailer, you know? That's amazing. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that that's the world we're in. And so, of course, I mean, you know, when you hear that, of course, they're just going to keep releasing trailers and keep leaking stuff you know for for any of these franchises speaking of which how did you feel about the trailer for batman v superman okay i'm gonna ask you a question at at a in 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 response to that and that is at houston rockets games when you went to houston rockets games did they have players sometimes at halftime come out in wheelchairs and play basketball in wheelchairs Yes. So I I just want to shout out and props to to those dudes who I would say generally play harder than most NBA players when they play at halftime in wheelchairs. But it's not really the same level of athleticism as an as you know ten NBA players. And that's basically the analogy that I'm going to use for the Batman Superman, you know, trailer coming right on the heels of the Star Wars trailer in that I just sort of felt bad for I felt bad for DC. I felt bad for Batman. I felt bad for Superman. I felt bad for Ben Affleck. I felt bad for whatever that dude's name is who plays Superman. Like who there's a reason I don't know his name. Like. I just, oh God. you know, <laughs> so I, I, it just was a lot of sadness and like, you know, like, like if, 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 if you're, you're going to like your, your kid's recital or talent show and then like, you know, there's some kid who can't sing and they're up there singing. And that's mostly just because it followed right on the heels of that Star Wars trailer, which I did watch multiple times, you know? I mean, I watched the Star Wars trailer and, cr- and cried. Right. When I saw the Batman vs. Superman trailer, I have to say, I was like, mm. I mean, it was, it's, I thought Ben Affleck looked like the Dark Knight, you know, from the Dark Knight Returns, which was interesting and, you know, dope to see. I think the suit moves better so far and i've seen any of the batman suits move so we'll see but like you said that was just a perfect analogy and i think that's all that needs to be said on that right so um i think we got some so there was also about right yeah there was a fantastic four trailer oh yeah but like you said you know i think while that wasn't like the 
kids in wheelchairs or whatever. Right. The Fantastic Four trailer actually makes me feel like they are paying a little bit more attention to the source material. But still, I'm, I need Doctor Doom to be Doctor Doom. And so far in the trailer, even though I get a glimpse of it, I'm still not sold. I've been sold on the four. I think they're going to do a, you know, a capable job, but now I'm just waiting to see about doom. And that's something the trailer lacked. And I think that was a mistake. I mean, I got to say, I give it to them because they're sort of, uh, branching away from, you know, they're not doing what they did last time, just another origin story. And they're, and they're changing the origin, you know, like no cosmic rays or whatever. Um, I would say the last time they sort of went out on a limb uh, with one of these Marvel movies was Ang Lee's Hulk movie, which I think gets should should get some credit for trying to be original, but ultimately didn't work. Hell no. Yeah, I, I mean, just saw it again recently. It doesn't work at all. Yeah, so I I can't imagine that the Fantastic Four one is going to end up being like that. But um, and and that's another. I mean, obviously, I'm going to go see that. Um, but uh, it, there's just, the, you know, Star Wars is something different. I, I, I remember when I was actually working at DC and they did that whole Age of Apocalypse thing. And Marvel said, oh, the X-Men, you know, we're stopping, uh, you know, we're not going to for three months, we're not putting out any X titles. And then, of course, everything was like Age of Apocalypse this, Age of Apocalypse that. And someone at DC was like, you know, DC should just stop putting out books for those months because nobody's even talking about, you know, anything other than, you know, the Age of Apocalypse. And that that's the case with Star Wars. Like, everything else is going to pale this year next to that. And part of that is due to the casting and just how good a job it looks like they're doing. Yeah, definitely. No, it's killing it right now. All right. So, that's about enough for trailers. And Chico, I think we got some Game of Thrones to talk about, right? I guess so, yeah. First and foremost is the second episode of the season of Game of Thrones, The House of Black and White. Uh, What did you think of The House of Black and White? You know, I really wish we weren't starting this show talking about The House of Black and White because... uh, Yeah, two episodes in, I'm still not that hype about uh, Game of Thrones so far. Yeah, so I saw. I actually saw on Twitter and and, and the general sense of things that that there was a, a a bit of that, you know, feeling like not a lot happened last week, not a lot happened this week. I thought a lot of stuff happened. I mean, there definitely were a lot of scenes of just you know people you know hunched over candles talking, but um, you know we got uh, in this episode, Jon Snow is elected the new leader of the King's Watch. I'm uh, not the King's Watch, the Night Watch, Night's Watch. Uh, up at the wall, um, Jamie goes off uh, with Bronn, Tyrion's former uh, man at arms. They go off to Marine to rescue Jamie and Cersei's daughter, and uh, Brienne finds Sansa and gets uh, you know gets negged by Sansa, who seems to have thrown in totally with Littlefinger. Um, so yeah, oh, and then the biggest story, uh, two stories were Arya finds uh jacar noir which is not the dude's name but uh i can't remember it's like jacar <laughs> hagar or something like that uh joaquin He's not hagar. and uh she 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 goes across the narrow sea she finds him gets rejected by him comes back it sort of reminded me a little of luke and yoda on on dagobah um and he definitely comes out looking uh you know not like he did the last time we saw him Nope. Um, so but he yeah, looks they, different and, and, every time you see him. 
and 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 Daenerys uh, makes a big decision uh, that that doesn't seem to go over well with her people. <laughs> so it felt like uh, Daenerys's big bad decision episode. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, this was akin to um, the what is it, Rob Stark? Right. Oh, marrying Talisa. And cutting off the head of that other oh, guy. Oh, that's right. I the car Stark dude. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, and everything. Uh, yeah. No, those two decisions basically directly lead to his own, you know, to bad things happening to him and, and his. Um, yeah, yes, you're right. At least. Well, yeah. you know, um, the, the show, you know, I mean, uh, no, nobody's perfect. And this show is, is, is the biggest exemplifier of that. Um, and yeah, Daenerys definitely makes a decision that certainly in the short term is wrong. Also, her her dragon that she hasn't seen from last season, the biggest of her dragons, the one named after her former husband, uh, Drogon, the former husband obviously being Cal Drogo, who has now uh, escaped the desert uh, to the ocean depths to play Aquaman. Um <laughs> But yeah, Drogon comes back and almost lets uh, lets him touch her. There's clearly they have some kind of connection, and um, although it wouldn't matter if he breathed fire on her, right? Because she's totally she's she's immune to to dragon fire. You would think, but I was really fearful that he would like bite her hand off in that scene. Right, that was my feeling because it was real. Like there was. It was it was real uh, tense for a second there, you know, and then it show you never know who's going to catch it. So, well, I was real worried right there. One of the things, I mean, I, I I didn't, I felt like you know the story is you know it's like an engine turning on and it's revving up a little more each episode. I actually I I got a lot more out of this episode than the last one, but the two things that um. I feel like are that we that I predicted just from the trailers or that the trailers made it look like were that we were going to definitely get more time with the female characters partially because a lot of the male characters have been killed off and we were definitely going to get down with more people of color and both those things seem to be happening they introduced Oberyn's brother who was played by Alexander Siddig who played uh the doctor Julian on um Star Trek Deep Space 9 the third uh, Star Trek show that some people, including me, think is the, actually the best of, of all the Star Treks. Anyway, he's Oberyn's brother. Uh, we're, we're, uh, he's obviously got some kind of illness. Oberyn's ex-mistress is kind of pushing uh, him to, to kill Cersei and Jaime's daughter. And that's why Jamie and Bronn are coming to uh, to rescue her. But again, with with Brienne, you know, uh, and, and her mission, and Daenerys and Cersei back in King's Landing, uh, calling the shots. It just seems like you know there's there's a lot more you know going on with with women, um, and and then just uh, you know this the whole land of Essos, which I guess is the southern. Southern continent. I'd always thought it was the Eastern continent, but um, you know, there's definitely it's a lot more diverse than Westeros. Yeah, definitely. And I like this episode. Like there were moments that I really liked. Like I really liked seeing, you know, Oberyn's brother. Obviously, that was really dope. And then I was also really hyped to see, but we didn't get to see them yet. His uh, Oberyn's daughters. The what are they? The snakes of the sand. The sisters. Sand, of the sand. Do- yes, the daughters of the sand. The daughters of the sand. Yeah, right. We still haven't got to see them, so I know we're going to get a big introduction to the next episode. But 
it's just that, come on now, let's get on to it. I mean, you know, I love the Tom and Tyrion always. I love seeing Bronn return. But still, this episode had a lot too much buildup. I did like the Yoda as, you know. Yeah, that scenes. dude is dope. Yeah, he's always dope. And I loved his last face reveal when he reveals that he really is and they step into the house of black and white. All that was dope. Don't get me wrong. But still, Game of Thrones needs to get on with it because we only have 10 episodes in. Right. You know? We're a fifth of the way through it already. That's my feeling. Jock and Hagar, by the way, is that dude's name. Yeah, it just hurts to see Daenerys make such a stupid move, in my opinion. Right. I know she might be infected with whatever infected her father, but damn, I, I you know. No, I mean, I, is... I, I, I would say it was bad judgment for sure, but I don't think it was a crazy move. I mean, she, it would have looked really bad. She's trying to, you know, st- you know, show that there's ju- justice is blind, and if one of her followers killed a dude who was in prison. You know, no nobody is going to believe her when she says, you know, oh, I didn't order this. So while clearly it's obviously not, you know, I mean, it's unpopular and probably not the right move. I don't think it's crazy. It's not the same as, you know, burning men with wildfire and laughing at them while they burn and all that stuff. <laughs> and saying burn them all, talking right. about the whole city of people. So, yeah, it's not that bad. Right. So, but he, you I- know. And I do feel that this might be a move that sets Daenerys down to, you know, I mean, she still has dragons behind her, but she's got dragons. She's she's got the Unsullied and she has Tyrion and uh, Varys the Spider on the way to join her. Um, So, you know, um, and and we haven't seen I I imagine we're going to see him again. The uh, the dude who used to be her right hand man who she banished. Mm, Jor Jor yeah. Mormont. Yes, yeah. So I yeah, him. I mean, there's, there's there's still people to come out of the woodwork. I don't know. I uh, I definitely enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it more than the last last week's. I mean, last week you had the whole hype of you know, oh, it's returning and everything like that, and um, you know, it was a lot of setup. It was just good to be back in in Westeros and Essos. But, um, you know, I imagine next week is, you know, and then it just keeps building. And then by like episode eight, nine and ten, you know, you, you can't it's even, you know, all that. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my, you know, that's that's my two cents. But uh, just as as a shout out, you know, this is actually the first time we've seen someone from Star Trek on uh, on on Game of Thrones. And those those are those are two Titanic, uh, you know. TV franchises um, with Alexander Siddig. So I I hope he actually has a... I I feel like they wouldn't have cast that dude because he's played... uh, He's had some some pretty dope roles over the years. Yep. Also got blowed up real good in... Was that a Syria? Syriana. Yes, absolutely. And uh, he's in uh, actually... uh, What's-his-face who made that stupid... uh, Ridley Scott who made that terrible Exodus movie actually made a good movie about the Crusades... That had tons of Arab actors in it, um, and he was one of the two main. He basically played Saladin's right hand man, so um, which just made Ridley Scott's comments about Exodus even more stupid. But he was in that, and and he had a pretty uh, pretty big, pretty dope role in that. But um, yeah, so also this weekend, 
Saturday night, uh, we have the new season of Orphan Black premiered. Um, and that, I got to say, I mean, I, I didn't do any kind of review or watch, you know, several episodes just, you know, to get caught up or whatever. So I was a little like, oh, my God, you know, what what was going on? Um, the episode is called The Weight of This Combination. And um, it opened up with a dream sequence uh, featuring all of the clones in like this idealized family barbecue situation with Felix, of course. <laughs> and then it just went, you know, full tilt, um, you know, I guess picking up right from where we left off last season. Um, I guess Sarah has stabbed Rachel in the eye with the pencil and um, the, the the clones have sort of gone their separate ways. Cosima or uh, Cosima, you know, almost you know, basically was just uh, saved from you know the brink of death. And her ex lover, or her lover who becomes her ex lover in this episode, Delphine, seems to be running the show um, over at Dyad. So now this is where I get. So there's Dyad, and then now there's like top something or other that was wh- who sent the cleaner um played by james there Frain, seems to who was be supposed- two okay from my understanding and there's that's one thing about this episode there's a lot thrown at you yeah a lot and, a, and there, i mean a ton because i've watched it twice almost and i still didn't catch a lot of stuff there seems to be top line or something like that right who seems to be above dyad and this other organization that's in control of the clones, of the male right. clones. So Top Line sends in a cleaner. Uh, top Ferdinand. Side. I think it's Top Side. Top Side. There we go. Top Side sends in Ferdinand right. to, to clean up the mess. Uh, Rachel, no, Sarah does a good impersonation of Rachel to fool him. Right. It gets pretty interesting between the two of them. It does. They obviously had Rachel and and, and, uh, Ferdinand have a history. Then it's a history that Sarah is discovering as she goes along and she's playing Rachel. Um, Yes. And then they have to bring in... They have to bring in... um, What's her face? the, The soccer mom to play Sarah when they need to actually introduce um ferdinand to sarah so you have scenes where there's two different clones playing two other clones which is definitely a trope that the the show does is kind of meta because the you know the 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 crazy thing about this show is that the same actress is playing six or seven characters and she does it so flawlessly i mean they do everything unique to their character i mean they dance differently they cry differently they laugh differently they talk differently so yeah so the so the show is definitely there's been other sort of sequences where different clones are actually portraying clones other than themselves yeah um, but this one was so great to see sarah playing rachel right because she she wasn't that good at it, but then as the scene moves along and she gains control, she starts feeling more like Rachel and taking control of the situation and just just Tatiana masculinely, I know I butcher your last name every time, but just such superb acting. It's just incredible work every episode, and it's a shame that she hasn't gotten nominated for an Emmy at least. Yeah, I mean it's 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 just it's on another level of almost anything that's ever been on TV. Um 
you know, I mean, you, you, it's, it's week in, week out as dope as what Eddie Murphy did in the, I don't, I don't think I saw the Nutty Professor too, but I actually really liked the first Nutty Professor. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's like, you know, a very, very, like, if they had cast anyone else in this role, there's no way this show would even still be on TV, you know? Nah, and she, nah. it's really, you know, an impressive, and absolutely, she shouldn't just be, she shouldn't be, you know, winning the Emmy every year. Um, yeah. It's really, it's really an incredible performance, and it's in a, you know, pretty crazy, uh, enjoyable show. Um and so, yeah, I mean, not not much to add. I feel like I'll be able to be a little more on my toes, you know, within the next couple of episodes. Because I was like, yeah, wait, what's going on? Uh, they've also introduced, so there's introduced male clones. The um, caster uh, is, is the project or the military branch. And um, that they have male clones who are not as, I guess, mentally stable as the female clones. And that's definitely a big thing to introduce male clones because the first two seasons the show has been about, you know, these female clones and very much about like sort of girl power or female power, that kind of thing. Um, And the reveal at the end of the second season that there are a line of male clones was was an incredible reveal. But, you know, now they're going to have to live up to that. Um, Like, I don't think the dude who plays the clones is anywhere near as dope as, you know, Tatiana Maslany. Not yet, definitely. He hasn't been gotten that much to show much range between his clones so far, though. So we'll see. That, that's but. a good. That's actually a very valid point. We've only seen him do like two, maybe three clones, and yeah. so yeah, you're right about that. That's true. If they, you know, but at the same time, I feel like that is taking away something from the show by even bringing the male clones, right? Because I thought it was more unique that it was focused on the female. And Tatiana just doing such a job about it. Right. But, you know, we see where they go with it. You know, this once again, this is still just the very first episode of the season. And there was a lot thrown at you. So A lot. I mean, they definitely Ooh. is sort of the opposite of Game of Thrones, which is taking its time setting things up. This definitely, like, just hit the ground running, continued where it left off. And, you know, just up the, up the ante left and right. Definitely did. So, also, I guess uh, if that's if that's it for uh, for Orphan Black this week, uh, there was a, a crossover with Flash and Arrow, and I think is this the first time that you got to see uh, the Adam in his Adam suit on the on when you watch uh, the Flash because no, you don't I, watch I think you I... don't watch Arrow. No, but I caught some previews and glimpses of him. I did. I, right. did, I definitely didn't get to see him movement and all that. And while I enjoy Brandon Ruth, Ralph, Brandon Ruth. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if it's Ralph or Ruth. Yeah, whatever it is. I enjoy his performance. I thought he was great as uh, Ray Palmer. And I'm always happy to see Felicity on Flash because she's a fave of mine. But this episode really was probably worst of the season, easily, that that I can remember. It, It was pretty bad. Yeah, so I um, this was not anywhere near as good a crossover as the first time they did it. I liked seeing no. I liked seeing the characters go back and forth because um, I because they you know there were Flash characters on Arrow and Arrow characters on Flash, 
Or wait, were there? Did uh, did anyone? Does anyone show up in, in Arrow this week? I'm I'm trying to remember. But the key thing is is the the Ray Palmer stuff. So Ray Palmer, the Adam in the comic, shrinks. This Ray Palmer is just literally a clone across the boards of Tony Stark and Iron Man. And I also really like Brandon Routh. I think he's great, and um, a lot of the casting has been really good um, on both Arrow and um, and Flash. But getting getting back to to just the general Ray Palmer Adam stuff, I think shrinking would be much more interesting. And I think his suit, I, I think it looks whack. I think he look he looks whack in it, and it's just a really bad bad decision that I think is is one of several bad decisions that Arrow has made this season. I I still stand very strongly behind. Um, the first and second, but really the second season of, of Arrow. I think the second season of Arrow is like nearly flawless, but the third one has had had a lot of problems. Um, they uh, they changed they changed Black Canaries, and the, and everybody you know hates the new Black Canary or doesn't like her anywhere near as much as her sister. And you know, doing all this, I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, they're going to spin off Ray Palmer the Atom into his own show, but. Um, I just think having him be a superpower, a, a, a guy in a suit like Iron Man, it, it just, you know, how many billionaires do you need? How many billionaires who have suits that fire now, beams? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I have to say, though, I do think that this is just a setup. Like they showed in this episode because he gets the technology from the Red B right. of the miniaturizing. So they're going to flip it some way where the Adam does become smaller. Like I'm not sure if he's going to actually shrink. Are we going to have a robot army of little miniature hymns or something? But they're going to find a way to do it. Now, the problems I had with this episode were a lot more than just, you know, him not shrinking. The, the episode just had so many really bad moments of people acting stupid. Like the Flash not just immediately knocking Red B out when he arrives at our headquarters. Oh, Yellow Jacket. Why? Yellow Jacket. That's her name? Yellow yeah, Jacket? Yeah, she's she was Red B. No, she's Yellow Jacket. Uh, whatever. Okay. But yeah, yeah, so no, no. Get... In 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 addition to that, he the Flash could run around and create a whirlwind, which would have like driven the. They wouldn't have been able to sting him. That's what I kept wondering. When is he going to do that? Because the comics, Flash will run around in a circle really fast, and he creates like a tornado type thing, and nothing can get through that. And I was I kept expecting him to do that, or someone to tell him to do that. So I agree. There was a lot of that. Like, like, yeah, why didn't he just knock her out? And that was, of course, um, Beth from uh, Walking Dead. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, this episode definitely just was lacking. Oh, yeah, the like... whole thing with, with, the, with the dude with, with Iris's, uh, Iris's boyfriend and him not being able to tell her and her being pretty unreasonable and lame like she normally is, which kept her off the... Uh, Black Girls Rock list of top 10 uh, black female characters through March. According I mean, at to the Chico same Leo. time, though, he is, like, blatantly lying to her face for a long time now. And it's getting to the point where she's not stupid and she knows, you know, too much about the Flash. So she knows something's going on. She knows her dad knows something. She knows everyone's lying to her, so. But everybody, really... it is weird that they won't tell her because everybody does know. Like, yeah. you know, the dad knows, the boyfriend knows, you know, every, you know, it's pretty much, you know, I'm surprised that when he's running fast that the people in the street aren't like, hey, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming soon, so she's going to have to find out eventually because 
it is pretty terrible right now. Yeah, so you know, um, Flash in general has definitely been the uh, the standout show for uh, for DC. Um, unfortunately for DC, you know, this last week, Dare, you know, Daredevil premiered, and since the last time we talked, um, you got a chance to finish it. Um, yes. So what 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 did you think of that? I mean, first of all, it's probably I've said this about Flash, but I have to take the title away. Daredevil is now the best superhero television series in existence. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the first season was just incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's basically how how I felt. I think you were about halfway through when we talked about it last week. Um, I mean, I I actually, uh, several times this week, considered actually watching it again, even with all the stuff that's going on. And, you know, we had all kinds of fan bros things this week, um, just because I was was so impressed with it all throughout, um, especially the Kingpin. Um, and if they get him in, if they get him in whatever Spider-Man movie they're making, I mean, that would be oh. really dope. But, um, wow. so you didn't, you said you, you, you were a little disappointed with the end. Not, not exactly disappointed. I thought the very, I thought the, you know, reveal the costume was dope. I thought how he got the costume was kind of like, eh, but the right. fact, you know, that he does show up and in the end, the fight sequence with Kingpin at the end was dope. Everything was dope except just for the very last. I, I it's kind of how I feel about all uh, Iris and the Flash. That the fact that Karen Page still doesn't know is kind of disturbing, and just kind of weak to meet it. You know, he didn't. He never revealed to her that he's Daredevil. Like uh, I don't know, and it was just kind of shaky there. But like I say, before I say it's shaky, I have to say that just overall. The series so incredible with so many little shout outs like to uh Kun Lun and just the hand and Electra and just everything they packed into it. Just an incredible season. Like and then like you said, uh Vincent D'Onofrio just hands down ridiculous. Also Emmy, you know, definitely deserving. Yeah, oh yeah. Without I, I, yeah, I think I think this is gonna be another, you know, Netflix Emmy win. Scott Glenn was also really dope. Um, yeah, I mean we, I mean you know we talked about it last week. I, 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 you know, I was really blown away, and I happen to actually really, really like Agent Carter, um, which I, was either just six or eight episodes. I mean, this was a full thirteen episode season, and the idea that this is kicking off, you know, four miniseries that are leading into the Defenders is pretty mind boggling, and you yeah. know they they. Uh, they definitely have me hyped for all, all of the other uh, Marvel series. So I guess that's that's about it for this week. Um, everyone should definitely uh, head over to fanbros.com, uh, maybe fanbros TV uh, on uh, Friday. Uh, Tatiana and myself we uh, were on a panel at St. Francis College on comics and justice that was entitled "From Gotham to Ferguson." Um, that went really well and, uh, they taped it. And, uh, so that's going to be, that's going to be showing up, uh, this week on fanbros.com. Maybe, maybe episode, maybe, uh, portions of it on fanbros TV. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that and, uh, keep watching the skies. <laughs> you should leave that laugh in there. <laughs>